Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 204, episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is the podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Ooh, baby, do you know what comes worth? <laughs> Unvaxed semen's like gold to perverts. Uh, that is courtesy of the man, the myth, the man. Christy Yamaguchi, man. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. I got no come original. I got no come original. All vaccinated, no come original. Uh, and that's a fucking OG track from 311, come original. Uh, oh, but again, Christ. we can tell that clearly we can't get over the vaccine semen conspiracy theory in any of the AKAs. So, uh, yeah, it long may it last. Yeah. This, oh, uh, shout out to at device null, uh, eat the rich Jefferson for that one. Yeah, yeah. Did you say something about crypto? There's like a crypto thing going? Well, because remember, like, that story came out because of, like, everyone's, like, idea of crypto and, like, the sentiment of getting rich very quickly was, like, one of the big things fueling people's oh, idea right. it was going come to was be. the new crypto. Because I was confused by Christy Yamaguchi, man. Brilliant, as always. But it's his AKA today suggests that unvaxxed semen is being collected by perverts. Not just uh, people who are hoping to use it to repopulate the earth after we all die. That's just people uh, who have their die. head in the financial markets. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, Miles, <laughs> we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat mm-hmm. uh, by, they're quickly becoming one of the favorite regulars on this podcast. They're the brilliant and talented poet and podcaster behind the fascinating American Hysteria podcast. Please welcome the brilliant the talented Chelsea Weber Smith. You are too kind, Jack. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm so mm-hmm. happy to be here as always. Always so happy to have you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've said this before, but when I see that you are the guest, I have a little, not nothing against other guests, but I'm just like, ah, hell yeah. Chelsea <laughs> you know, I'm going to bring you the weirdest facts <laughs> you didn't know before. That's right. Let's, t- let's talk hysteria, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a good time. <clears throat> all right, Chelsea, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, the unvaxxed have really taken over, taken over the zeitgeist. We're going to talk about the hunt for jobs among the unvaxxed. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Sarasota, Florida, becoming kind of the conspiracy capital of the U.S. And part of the reason that Sarasota is so hot right now among the uh, conspiracy theorists is uh, Michael Flynn lives there. So we're going to check in with one of his misunderstandings of a story <laughs> that we recently covered. We're going to talk about how power protects itself. We're going to talk about uh, the fact that employers are finally realizing or finally admitting that drug testing is dumb. And we are going to look at the real motive behind all those celebrity-themed fast food meals. All of that. Not to give the fans something they love and enjoy? I mean, you know, a true capitalist would argue that that is, you know, the goal behind everything. But, you know, we're just trying to delight our consumers yeah in, in public and then in private they're like fuck those consumers <laughs> let's to get, get something else give me give me that data give me that sweet data uh 
All right. Uh, but before we get to that, Chelsea, we do like to ask our guest, we what do. is something from your search history? Oh, this is a fun one. So uh, we're coming. Our show's coming back in October. So we wanted to start on a Halloween note. Uh, okay. And so, do you guys know? I'm sure you know a little bit about extreme haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Just let broadly let people yes. know what an extreme haunted yes, house I is. Will. Yes, I will. So because I, I that, that's for we love haunted houses around here. That's only for the real heads like a love a know. haunted house. You love a haunted yeah. house, but you hate a jump scare. Yeah, it's really that's surprising. Weird. Yeah, I go <laughs> in. Like the it's weird. When I walk to a haunted house, it's like my adrenaline's so up. Like I act like I just walked into prison the first day. And I'm like, "What's up?" And I'm going through, I'm like, that didn't do shit. Let's go. What's the next one? I know that's gonna move. It did. He's in oh, there man. all hiding from you. Yeah, yeah. It's, and <laughs> like, it's like no one wants to do it with me. They're like, dude, like you don't have. You sound. You actually seem really uncomfortable in here. I'm like, no, nah, man. I'm good, man. What's the next one? It's the most comfortable I've ever been. Because I know that's somebody under that sheet. <laughs> I went through a haunted house last, let's see, it was right before the pandemic, so the Halloween before, and uh, we, I went with my girlfriend who's very scared of haunted houses, and of course it was just her and I, you know, when you have a group, you've kind of got this like layer of protection, yeah. but if it's just two people, like they're, they're on you, and uh, she had to exit the haunted house into like the special cast area where injured people go oh. to sit on hay bales and wait for, you know, someone to take them out, uh, and I... Finished it, <laughs> and then I came back out, and then there was a second haunted house, and I decided to go through alone because I'd paid, and I wanted, this was a clown-themed one. I wasn't going to not go. I decided not to go through alone because I thought I would creep out the actual workers inside. <laughs> like, like this fucked up person characters. going through, yeah, going right. through alone. Um, but uh, <laughs> That's what's really horrifying. <laughs> I, glo- I glommed on to some high schoolers, and I was like, hey, can I go through with you? <laughs> They were They're very like, yeah, nice. You gotta be in the front. <laughs> yeah, they were very, and I was like, "Great, uh, I can go." They don't really, uh, they don't really phase me too much. But an extreme haunted house, I would not do. Um, no. And the premise of those is that they can do shit like you sign a waiver, they can waterboard you, they can shove disgusting shit in your mouth, they can, yeah. you know, assault you, put bags over your head, drag you into another room. You know, you might leave with bruises, bloodied. You know, they can put your head in a cage and put like a fucking spider in there. You know, it's like very extreme, you know, know, super fun. Like it does border on what appears to be some kind of fetish scenario. Um, But it's like very uh, they, you know, people who are into them will say that is not the case. Uh, But It's hard to sort of divorce some of the images that you see. The real Uh, money, the real money that they make on those. yeah, the real the, the real money that they make on those is from the uh, you know rich guys masturbating behind a two two way mirror. Well, watching you know all of those things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Jack. Apparently, McCamey Manor uh, takes their video and projects that over into Las Vegas, where people are paying money to decide what happens to these people. Okay, oh. but this is huh? fucking bullshit. Of course, like this isn't true. Source thing like yeah like there are rich you know mysterious shrouded elitists in las vegas who are you know kind of like a snuff film type crowd who are paying money to kind of decide or watch you know what happens to these these people but it's not true you know Mm -hmm. what what's so the coolest part about these haunted houses is that the waiver is total bullshit the you know you can't have a waiver that says you can 
die in this haunted house, and you I'm know? Chill with it. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and you can sign it, but that does not protect these people from legal consequences. It's just not, it's not true. So, so much what I'm trying to do right now and what we do on the show is kind of separate fact from fiction, right? And it does seem that a lot of these haunted houses are a lot of smoke and mirrors and that a lot of what is making money for these folks are their video walkthroughs on YouTube that get millions and millions and millions mm -hmm. of watches because they, McKamey Manor is free. You just have to bring a donation of dog food. And so, you know, you ha has this mystique of like, the guy who runs at Russ McCamey and all of the people who work there, they're not being paid, which adds this other layer, right? Where it's like they have to want to do this shit. But right. it's all kind of like, it's it's just like there are these fake documentaries that are made and put up. There's these fake testimonials. It seems it's so hard to pick out fact from fiction. I'm going deep into like these interviews with his fucking ex-wife and like these really <laughs> janky little YouTube accounts that are like exposing the manner. And it's right. so full of outrage because so many people are so outraged, right? There's a whole petition to get it taken down. It may be possible that the petition was created by McCamey Manor, you know? So it's sort of, of this course. like amazing, like Blair Witchian uh, tactics to, to make this place. And, you know, they say there's like a 20 or 40,000 person waiting list, which is also not true. Um, <laughs> right. You know, so there's, it, it's really a fun kind of project to, to take these haunted houses and dissect just what, is is a hoax because there's also an example of somebody i can't remember who it was some internet famous TikTok or something personality who went and filmed their experience and it was basically just like crawling around with a blindfold on in a backyard with someone yelling you know horrible things at you and that was really and you're blindfolded and being sprayed with water you don't really know where you are that's terrifying but you know it's it's not the same thing as what we're seeing in the videos um, so that's really a, that's a, my search history has been lately. <laughs> this is the, um, the, this one started in San Diego, right? Yep. McCain yeah. Okay. So and it I remember in the, yeah. in the early years of it, like I remember seeing like the videos they would put out. Cause yep. I remember like back when stumble upon was a huge plugin for people's browsers. <laughs> it's like, just show oh, me some random wow. shit. Remember that? I haven't thought of stumble upon in <laughs> Yo, that shit used to take me all over the fucking internet. <laughs> and I remember coming across a video of it, and it was truly like you had never seen anything like it. Like people were just like vomiting and yeah. like choking, and you're like, oh shit. And you're like, and it was like the most extreme haunted house. I didn't realize that it had still been evolving past yeah. like that sort of initial. I don't know. Debut. Yeah, they'll be like, you know, veterans of war that are just weeping for their mothers right, and right, shit right, in right. the videos. That was like the know? whole thing. All those yeah. videos are like, dude, it made this Navy SEAL poop himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, oh, and it's okay. so hard to pick apart what's real and what's not, which is really fun. The Blackout Experiments is another uh, is a documentary from 2016 that's really good about a bunch of people kind of grappling with their relationship and addiction to these places. Um, which is a great example of also sort of not being able to figure out how much of the documentary is manufactured. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's all sorts of ways that we um, manufacture ways to get like contact with other people. <laughs> I, <know>. uh, <laughs> I feel like this might be one where people like instead of living in tight knit communities where you like hold hands when you pray or whatever you people used to do. Uh, now they like go to have people jump out and like tackle them uh, just to feel a human touch. 
Did you um, did you see that story about the a guy who like at a haunted house over the weekend he stabbed a little boy in the foot on accident? No. <laughs> this well, I guess I'll a, have to work that in. Yeah. He like somehow had a knife and then like uh I guess something happened and the this person ended up like hitting this kid in the foot with his knife. So was he kid. working there or was he going through it? Um, I believe it's like one of the characters. Uh oh. Yeah. He can't have a real knife. Yeah, and I That's think bad. what they said he was scraping the knife on the ground and playing around them. And my son sent ahead, I'm not afraid, your knife is fake. So the man was like, Oh, it's real. Trust me, it's real. And that's when he started poking it at his feet multiple times until he stabbed him. Mm. And this is for real. This is definitely true. Yeah, or this, is this is like a daily Post. mail. Like okay, all right. Yeah, it's being, I mean, unless the report Amazon is propaganda. Because you know, part of it is to like get people so interested in thinking like, now they're going to go. Because that whole Nathan for you episode was about the challenge was creating a haunted house so scary that you get sued was like yeah. the whole point in order to generate interest. And so it could be along those lines. But this it seems is like, along those lines, I bet. Yeah, this person was way. given a prop yeah. or he thought was a prop and it was a really real bladed. It's a fantastic example, too, of how shit gets repeated because, like, you go to the Wikipedia page or any news outlet and it just repeats what Russ McCamey says. It says there's a 40,000 person waiting list and blah, blah, blah. And it's all just like you could just say something. Right. It's a good example right. of that. And, it and just people have tried to sue him because so. it's too scary. I don't even know if it's like because everybody who comes out of it on the real walkout videos is like, that was a lot of fun. That was crazy. You know, they're not like. Yeah, I'm gonna like, sue you. I'm I have right. PTSD because I was assaulted. You know, right, which is right. essentially like, one of those, like emergency like foil blankets. Exactly. Like, yeah. People that uh-huh. end up like an action movie. Or, like, yes. Like, yep. Like Rose Dawson at the end of Titanic. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kelsey, what is something you think is overrated? Well, I think that it would be the rating system of Rotten Tomatoes, wow. and I'm gonna say I know I'm coming. I'm just pissed because I love Nine Perfect Strangers. Did you guys watch this, Nicole Kidman? I just finished it last night, actually. Did you like it? I did not like the directing of the last episode. Agree. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I enjoyed the ride, totally. Just the ending kind of like took a real hard turn suddenly, and I was like, maybe I, think, I didn't know what you know the what? fuck this was about, but I thought I was on a different ride. Yeah, ex- yes, 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 and I bet... We won't, we're not allowed to talk about it. I know we won't talk about spoilers, but, but it was it, worth it. It was worth the ride. I had a great time. I know, Miles, that you appreciate a little bit of trash sprinkled into yeah. your life. And I think it was a fantastic example of like great story. The message was weird. I don't care really about that, but it got a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. I don't think that's fair. It makes me angry because then I look back, you know, and I'm sure I'm, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if this was a uh, common knowledge for you guys, but. Uh, birth, the birth of a nation. That fantastic uh, kind of KKK <laughs> propaganda film that came That's, out in the twenties. That has a uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, and you not want to know what it is? Ninety three, ninety three percent. Because it's a revolution in filmmaking. Okay, it's not about the content. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's yeah. my uh, takedown today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a yeah, like a Confederate War memorial argument. It's like mm-hmm. it's not about the person, okay? Yeah, that they the were spirit. a person who stood up for their community against all odds and decided to rebel anyway. Yeah, it, we it, know. Yeah, it's racist. <laughs> all right, you got. It. Yep, yep, yep. Brown um, tomatoes. 
I just well, am often angry. I'm often angry. Did, <laughs> what was like, you know, because sometimes it'll like aggregate like sort of the top comments or reviews sort of like ex like they'll extract yep. certain. What was like the main gripe people had with it? Not to say like, I'm like, whatever, think whatever you want of this. Yeah, of the I show. mean, my I God, it's a did, television I'm curious show. What, if there was a theme to what the criticism. No, it was just a lot of like, it was bad. Like it, her wig was bad. You know, that it was boring, which I found it to not be boring at all. I don't know. It was just kind of the typical. It just, I don't know. I don't buy it. I think that people just want, like critics, they just want to be snot-nosed sometimes. And uh, and they just can't take a little trash, man. The critics' consensus. A meandering mystery <laughs> may muddle its impact. But strong performances across the board from this eclectic ensemble mean Nine Perfect Strangers is never less than watchable. Which, all right. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. I yeah. don't fully okay. disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. What's something you think is underrated? Oh, boy. Let's see. Um, I'm going to say the library. <laughs> I got to go back to the library in person finally after restrictions were lifted. And I just got to sit there quietly in a quiet room with other you know, different types of people. And I think it's like kind of like the last intimate public meeting space that's free to sit in for as long as you want. And, you know, if you're like someone who does research, you can be sitting there, you can come across a book, you can find the book. It's right there. You know, mm -hmm. you walk among the rows. It's just really lovely. It smells nice like books. You know, I yeah. just, I think we just really need to appreciate the library more because I'm terrified that it will go away one day. Yeah. You know, I call free it internet. Google. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. Really wonderful. It's so un American that it even exists. <laughs> that's what i'm saying is like it's like a communist yeah <laughs> i know it is it's like oh it's just it's a beautiful thing and i'm just i am i'm very worried it'll disappear it's, i i was at the uh, library i ran into like someone from like my past who like was oh, local and i was like of course you'd be at the library because this is where we go yeah in the area yeah to use the internet if your shit goes down or just to get away for a second to read exactly. peacefully. Yeah, you can only sit at a coffee shop for so long before you're an asshole. But you can yeah, sit at right. the library all day. <laughs> you can only sit at a coffee shop so long before you're an aspiring writer. Um, <laughs> whereas at the library, you're just you're researching stuff. And exactly. I, I really love this, the scent in there. It's like one of the, I think, the most pleasant things for, for me, I think. <laughs> just, I don't know what it is, that old, that old book smell. Yeah, it's like book dust. You can't beat it. has its own smell. My dad had like inherited like an encyclopedia from his parents and shit. It was like the encyclopedia at my house like growing up. And, you know, that shit had all kinds of weird uh, entries um, as I look back on it. But I remember I used to just like fan the pages because I'm like, oh, it's like that, that musty book smell. And my parents thought I was like so interested in books. But really, I was just I was just sniffing the pages. Oh, it turns out the smell is uh, something called creosote. A dark Ooh. brown oil distilled from coal tar and used as wood preservative. Uh, it is a carcinogen. Cool. So Great. Breathe it in, baby. I actually don't know if that's true. Uh, <laughs> but so many things that uh, were made back in the day were just like, uh, yeah, we bound these pages with uh, just actual liquid cancer. We, <laughs> oh, what's cool the chemical that? exactly? <laughs> oh, it, we just call it LC around here. <laughs> Liquid cancer. Yeah, I don't know. When the GOP comes for the library, that's what they're going to use. You yeah. Know? Exactly. The books are causing cancer. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we will be right back. 
And we're back. And the question has been asked with all these vaccine mandates going around, where, where are the poor unvaccinated going to work? Won't someone think of the children in the sense that they are acting like babies? It's a hard world, you know? And the, the vaccine mandate further underlined for them just how outside of the rest of society they are. And it's like, you see this all the time with all these movements, especially like on the right. It's like, okay, let's just, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out on our own because we got each other. The um, market then, will big, save us. Exactly. Uh, Robin Panacchia over at Wonket did like a deep dive. Just kind of, she saw like one like anti-vax job site being promoted. And she's like, what, what, what's the scene like over <laughs> here? And kind of looked at a few and, you know, I think at first I was like, man, I bet these places are just fucking humming with activity right now with like-minded employers looking to hire people with a catastrophic contrarian outlook on life. (laughs) And I think maybe this is just a match made in hell. Nope. Turns out these things are fucking more stale than a bag of chips that have been open for three years. If you go to vaccinefreejobs.org, and I'm saying saying it like an ad, go to vaccinefreejobs.org. According to the last time she looked, there was only one job listing on there. And it looked very suspicious because when you look on the job description, it's just doing that like lorem ipsum, like Latin placeholder oh shit. God. It's like job description. On soliat audium offendit vim solum consulatu. And you're like, this is not the fuck is this? This yeah. is not a job posting. This is beta test from the company in case people actually show up with job listings. Exactly. Seems like that's what they're working with there. Or it's like a satanic spell of some kind. I know, right. Mm -hmm. If you say the whole thing, you will bring Beelzebub from the depths (laughs) to be your best friend. The sites are pretty scant. And there's like another one that's called Provision Jobs. They, They call themselves, quote, a site that will assist job seekers in their research of companies who are not mandating their employees take medical procedures as a condition of employment and they all kind of have this same bend you go to their website no positions being listed Mm. none and you know the ones that do have jobs being posted they're like in places where you absolutely want the person being fucking vaccinated like a dental assistant or hygienist there's like this place they're even i'm just surprised that even this business has their full like business (laughs) name on the thing because if i was going there i'd be like yo what the what are they talking about over in that office? Wow. No, you know. So, if, unfortunately, if you go to Brightman Dental in, ironically, Corona, California, <laughs> just know that they are looking for a general dentist who they don't care if they're vaccinated or not. So, are you seeing mostly these types of jobs where it's extra risky to not be vaccinated? There's just been this dental one. There was like a sales representative at like a place that was like not even like an, a company that seemed like real. And then other times there would be people posting themselves to be hired. Uh, and they're like, and ultimately I'm looking to work with President Trump. No. <laughs> and you're like, okay, um, but what skills do you have? It's like, um, five, four, and I'm an army veteran. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, um, we'll get back to you um, right. quickly. There is one place that I just want to show you that it's called Red Balloon. And this guy who... He had like, he's like a really slick video to promote his website. And based on this video, it looks like he has been watching way too many YouTube vlogs from 2014 because this thing is like jump cutty to all hell. And, but hey, he's letting you know what Red Balloon is all about. 
I'm Andrew, the founder and CEO, and I'm excited you're here. I called this service Red Balloon because balloons help you fly, especially if you tie a ton of them to a lawn chair. A little fun. bit dangerous, a lot bit fun, kind of like looking for a new job. And Red, well, tote balloon just sounds like stupid. Keep moving. The mission of Red Balloon is to connect employers who still love freedom and want employees who love freedom to the millions of Americans now searching for jobs today where they won't have to look over their shoulders and constantly be worried about Whoa. Think of this as free speech employment matchmaking. Game changer, baby. And boy, do we need it. 80 million Americans say they are switching jobs this year, which is mind boggling. For perspective, that's like California and Canada combined. A lot of people. So why did we launch Red Balloon? First, I was anyway First. so this yeah. video goes on for another two minutes and, and what's his he, last name is it crap something it was like crap shoot <laughs> it really no, i'm i'm serious it looks like crap shoot it uh, seems yes, like a crap push it's spelled c-r-a-p-u-c-h-e-t-t-e-s crap push crap pushets crap pushets Crap shits. Crap. Oh my god. You fucking crap the code. Andy, come on, son. We gotta change we gotta sort that name out. look, I'm not gonna give I'm not in the business of giving conservatives, you know, uh showbiz advice. You should consider a name change, kid. I mean, I do personally like the idea that if you want to be anti vax, you should have to go to an anti vax dentist. Like that, that seems fair to me. Same with like the schools, you know, you got to stand by that. It, it can't just be a thing where you're like, uh, half-assing it and just making other people's lives dangerous. You, you well, that, need to be around to be the moment people are arriving at, which is like, well, if I have to take my ball and go somewhere else, they're taking their ball and they're going to this desolate <laughs> playground where no one else is. And they're like, fuck man, this place sucks. Right. Yeah, I guess Andrew Crapushitz will give me a job as a mouth sneezer at a dentist's office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his name is definitely made up by a five-year-old trying to make fun of Massachusetts, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> right, like a New York kid who's got a vendetta against Massachusetts. Yeah. You mean Crapushitz? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crapushitz. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Uh, New York. 10 year olds feel free to use it <laughs> it's our Big gift to you <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about sarasota florida uh which is i don't know there was a pretty wild scene there last week it was a big event where thousands of parents were able to get mask mandate waivers signed for their children by real doctors and former general and QAnon icon general flynn showed up with these guys who were in tactical gear and had, you know, long rifles with them, like looked like they were ready to try and overthrow a YMCA or something. <laughs> yeah. A library. Yeah. yeah. So Vice was pointing out that Sarasota, Florida is actually becoming sort of the conspiracy capital of the U.S. Charlie Kirk lives there. Flynn lives there. The Overstock CEO just bought six properties there. And Cyber Ninjas is located there. Uh, Cyber Ninjas, the <laughs> the great auditors of the election. Yeah, Cyber Ninjas. Okay, so this is really it's like it's like what Austin is to what took to comedy right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but Michael Flynn, I don't know. I I feel like we might be underrating him as a 
threat just because he is a former general. He is walking around with like a armed cadre of like-minded people. He openly like calls for the overthrow of the government like during the election and like transition of power. He was actively like saying like they should just do a stupid coup like Trump was trying to push for. And you know, now he is walking around in Florida with like a small army who probably are very well trained. I'm assuming that when you are a former general, you have your kind of pick of operator types. Could you imagine they're all like, <laughs> like the like the bummiest non-soldier types that right. is just like he's like unfortunately he's like fuck. He's like, there's no guys who are like special forces or anything like that. He's like, I mean this guy's cousin was in special forces. <laughs> fuck. All right, I guess I guess we'll take him. Our writer JM was pointing out Michael Flynn had a pretty compelling take on a story that we talked about last week. So we talked about the fact that a lab was trying to use the fact that there are like these mini factories and plants that are the like chloroplasts. The chloroplasts. So these brilliant scientists are like, yeah, it's we just thought, you know, they're like tiny solar powered factories that produce sugar and other molecules. Uh, which allow the plant to grow, what if we found a way to have them make desirable molecules? And the big advantage of this is not that like they'd be able to serve it to you at a salad bar as much as it's an underrated and underreported problem with the vaccine is that it has to be stored at like a unnaturally like super low temperature to maintain its effectiveness. And this would be able to be stored at, I think, closer to room temperature. So very cool idea. And Michael Flynn's take on it was, they're talking about putting the vaccine into salad dressing or salads. Uh People are seriously thinking about how to impose their will on us and our society, and it has to stop. Yeah, so... You know, he took this amazing Where did did the dressing part come from? You know. I think because there was a headline that, you know, the reason it was interesting is like, you know, vaccines in our lettuce. And then that turned into, they're putting it in the dressing. They're going to (laughs) make it delicious. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's I didn't realize that he took that as they're putting it in the dressing. Yeah. That was one option that he gave. For mm-hmm. either either the salad or the salad dressing, but I think that the idea of a plant manufacturing the vaccine was like too good an idea for his brain to hold. So he was just mm-hmm. like, "Nah, get it out, get it out of there." They're just gonna, you know, shoot the vaccine into a uh, bottle of, you know, Paul Newman's uh, Italian oh. dressing. Newman's pwned. (laughs) Not that liberal charity given. Um, Do you guys remember the urban legends from the 90s of like somebody leaving a HIV infected needle in the uh, like your seats at the movie theater? I feel like that shit's about to pick back up, but like with vaccines, like they're going to be hiding vaccines in different places to accidentally prick you. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the concerned aunt chain letters of old. Exactly. Uh-huh. That were like, you gotta watch out. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. don't drink from a soda can. Yeah. You'll die. <laughs> Evil homosexuals. Was was yeah. It was very like... afraid of. Although many people say, uh, yeah, the soda cans are dirty as fuck on the top. <laughs> and I'm like, right. Okay. Well, that, that, Just give I, it right. a little rub. Just rub it yeah, with your yeah, shirt yeah. sleeve. Put You're the good. inside of your shirts for. Yeah. Um, I mean, this it, Flynn's whole thing is, you know, just like everybody. 
he's found a really easy job. You know, he didn't have to do the Pentagon to defense contractor or defense uh, manufacturer sort of round, uh, what is that, revolving door kind of thing where he'd have to, like, really use his connections. He can now just freestyle bullshit on the microphone and people are throwing money at him. And, like, it, you can you, you just see it in how, like, more how he just very quickly found like his audience in the Q world and was like, yep, I'm all in. Let me, let me just wrap myself up in it. People just love his enthusiasm about it because all of these, like all these guys, they just all do these fucking speaking tours. Right. Yeah. Just get more and more fucking money. There's really nothing. There's never an outcome from these things that I think is actually satisfying to the people who are like, you know, really holding out for Trump to be magically ushered in. Yeah. It's just like a place for them to be with other like-minded people and see the people from your Twitter feed in person. Yeah. If you are looking for a place to catch COVID, uh, the Reawaken America tour is coming to a, I don't know, a meeting room near you. And the tour features not just Flynn, but a bunch of anti-vaxxer doctors. The guy he was speaking to when he talked about the salad dressing thing is Clay Clark, uh, a conservative radio host of the Thrive Time show who told a crowd at a rally in January to hug a stranger so they could turn it into a, a mass spreader event. So, you know, these are the these are the people who he's surrounding himself with. I mean, it's interesting. I was looking at some of the, I guess, the run of show for the Reawaken tour at one of their, like, recent stops. And we're, we're going to talk about this later on, but there's one right there, homeschool and defund the swamp. Hey. Uh, because that's definitely the the new battleground that they're all looking at is school boards and homeschooling. But yeah, yeah, this is a they they just they're taking it on. The next one's gonna be in Dallas or no San Antonio, then Dallas, and they call them Health and Freedom Conferences. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of like revival tours or something like that, right? Yeah. Like the same energy, right? Mm-hmm. Just way, 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 way more dangerous. Ooh. Um, so uh, just a a quick story about. Facebook to follow up on the stories that we were talking about last week with the document dumps. Facebook has decided to amend its strategy of doing evil shit and then apologizing once caught to doing evil shit and then pretending they didn't do evil shit. And the way they're going to do that is by manipulating uh, people's news feeds to feature more pro Facebook news. They're basically, so they're doubling down on the thing that they have unprecedented power in, um, which is the ability to control minds via the news feed. Even for Facebook, this is like such a kind of shift into, uh, to the dark side. (laughs) People behind the scenes are like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, They've they've named it Project Amplify. And- That plan includes proposals to elevate positive stories about Facebook on users' feeds, including posts written by Facebook itself. So they're done with the whole, sorry, we, we fucked up uh, and you know we want to be good uh, citizens, so we're going to change things. They're now going full like dark side. Just we're going to change how you perceive things. So it doesn't seem like we fucked up. What do you guys think these positive stories would look like? 
You know, I can't it's wait so boring. Yeah. It's just like, I don't feel like, I just feel like it's something I would completely gloss over. Just like right. Facebook, like, are they doing a charitable thing or is it yeah, just, I'm you know, sure. it's going to be a bunch of like, yeah, corporate posturing yeah. shit. Like, yeah. Like how politicians, you know, like to pat themselves on the back. It's like, like really yeah. nothing. It's like, well, the, if you're going to hear something about us, it'll be a vague thing that's positive. Yeah. Because it's those Wall Street Journal drops of like their internal stuff that's just been causing like mm -hmm. just so many problems for them i think recently they said like okay we're gonna we're gonna put a hold on instagram for babies because everybody <laughs> saw that we know how bad it is so we you got us there and then this week like in the atlantic they make a very compelling point they're calling facebook the largest autocracy on earth Ooh. um and how it needs to be dealt with as such you know like they're developing their own money they're clearly can get people to think a certain way if they start you know pulling levers and shit like that it's it's interesting to see how this like evolution is going to occur because i think the next thing they have is a, some senate hearing yeah uh i'm sure you're right that it's going to be boring and just like very vague stuff it would be so great if he just went full kim jong-un and was just like <laughs> like the news stories about him, about him that he's promoting or like that he it was the first person to ever hit a hole in one on a par five. Sexiest man of America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's like, he surfed a 5,000 foot wave barefoot. <laughs> right. <laughs> no like, oh, <laughs> sick. <laughs> oh, my God. There, there's also a story about how the sheriff in um, Los Angeles, Alex Villanueva, who, Villanueva, who, We've talked about before on the show because, uh, you know, he presides over the incredibly corrupt, violent, white supremacist, gang-ridden uh, part of the LAPD that they have recently uncovered a task force of people across different units and regions of the LAPD that focus uh, on people who are critical of Alex Villanueva. And again, it's just, it's that same... You know, uh, Facebook uses the thing that they have that is like their superpower. Their unprecedented power is the ability to control what people think and see via their news feeds. And uh, Alex Villanueva has like an unprecedentedly violent and corrupt police force under him. So he creates a police force that will, you know, intimidate and uh, fuck with people who are critical of him. And that just seems to be how power kind of protects itself right go after anyone that's making our deeds clear as day to people right because that's the problem it's not we're doing anything wrong it's that people are revealing our actions and that's the issue that has to be solved it's like the cult model right it's like huh i don't know go on you send out negative information about your critics only positive information comes out about the leader you know it just seems like and then everybody's dedicated to like in a fervent way. Like it just kind of seems like we have mini cults all over the place all the time now. Maybe it's always been that way. Just strikes yeah. me as culty. Yeah. It, it really seems like it's social media that's led yeah. to it. Like I don't think it's always been that way. I think there used to be, I don't know. It, it's just social media has it's a large completely untethered too. us yeah. from reality. Absolutely. So. All right. Let's take a, another quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, employers are starting to realize that drug tests are dumb. 
seems to be somewhat related to the fact that employers are somewhat desperate, not desperate enough to go on those uh, red balloon websites or whatever the fuck to uh, (laughs) hire unvaccinated people, but desperate enough to do the right thing in this case. The labor shortage, it's not just here in the U.S., it's it's everywhere, you know, because many people are like, hey, I think I want work that's rewarding and not a total abusive environment and it pays a living wage. I think I'm going to look for something like that. But many of like the wage jobs are not interested in providing things like a living wage or like worker protections and things like that. So we're just seeing a huge uh, just, you know, what uh, a surplus of job openings happening. and many companies they've just been struggling to fill these vacant job openings because essentially it's like they don't want to they don't want to make things uh easier for workers or pay them more and in turn make less money so right now they say 69 percent of employers are reporting difficulty filling their roles that they have open and like one of these people from this article was quoted said overall uh, the employment outlook is optimistic particularly for employers that are prepared to adapt to a new world of work and offer incentives to attract and retain the talent they need um incentives really like what and you look at some of the things that there's a, <laughs> a staffing survey from the, that was like released a couple weeks ago saying that nine percent of more than forty five thousand employers worldwide were eliminating job screenings or drug tests as an incentive right to attract and quote retain in demand talent that's okay that's like in about 43 countries that represents and even amazon has like uh, began to eliminate their drug tests for jobs that aren't like federally regulated. And they say that their reasoning, like many other companies, is more like, well, you know, we're just observing local laws and things like marijuana and, you know, like, uh, and like recreational cannabis. And we're just relaxing that part of the hiring process. That was just sort of necessary. But, but they also, didn't they last week like start lobbying to try and get it legalized in more places? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just more business. Yeah, more business, more people to hire. Plus, they have those dystopian robots that'll yell at you if you're too high. Right. <laughs> now they're like, hey, you're, hey, bro, eyes on the road. Everyone totally hates you, dude. Are you sure you want to go? <laughs> you're going 25 in a 55. <laughs> but like, you know, they even found like in, but here's the thing, like even in countries that don't have recreational drug laws and things like that are just, you know, the same sort of, these factors as like the like certain states like in the u.s they've also found that they need to end these tests like this guy in australia was just saying like quote if we put a sign up we would easily get 40 or 50 applicants but if the sign says that you must submit to a drug like to drug testing it's down to four or five so (laughs) i think it's this sort of relic of racist hiring practices and things like that uh are starting to they're starting to have a reckoning with it at a not i don't think because they realize what it represents but because they're clearly at this point where there's just a, people are naturally withholding their labor yeah and, uh, for better outcomes and they're finding themselves like no drug tests what else before i have to pay more well and when you're smoking weed it, it stays in your system for so long that people just can't you know if you smoke weed once last month you know, it's going to come up and, and fuck you over. Do you guys remember what it was like trying to pass drug tests? Like, or your friends trying to pass drug tests? Like, the shit people used to do? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. mem- my favorite is, like, ni- remember when people would take niacin? Do you remember that shit? Oh, yeah. And it would just turn them bright red, and it would be this. Yeah. I read recently that that doesn't work at all. And, uh, <laughs> you know, storing pee in the freezer and just, like, figuring out how to it's just it was such a it was such a thing to try to figure out how to beat that 
right bringing your own pee bag to yeah try and, mm-hmm. like of your, your friend's own pee. version of like the sochi olympics but it it wasn't happening <laughs> and searching the like earlier internet to try to figure out like can they test my pee to figure out if it's someone else's pee right. <laughs> <Shit> like, <that. laughs> right. like where's that quora article <laughs> please yeah. all right uh let's talk about so there is a trend that we've seen uh i think mostly at mcdonald's to this point of celebrity branded meals mm-hmm. you know we had travis scott bts weedy um and uh you know it, like this isn't anything completely new the early 90s mcdonald's sold the mick jordan which they claimed was what michael jordan likes on a burger a customized quarter pounder which i might believe that like he apparently was uh you know would eat a pepperoni pizza like right before a game he just had uh an inhuman uh, metabolism or something but these recent celebrity collaborations have apparently been a big hit to the point that burger king's now uh offering up their uh their own celebrity meals uh as part of a keep it real campaign celebrating how they're permanently banning uh, 120 artificial ingredients from their food menu. Oh, which is, I mean, that, that's a fucking lot. Though. That is so many. Um, unfortunately, they haven't said what those artificial ingredients actually are. Uh, so, so they're like, you guys will never go to Burger King if we told yeah. you what the fuck they were that we're getting rid of, or which artificial ingredients it will continue to use. They haven't. Uh, 120 ingredients seems like it's too much for any food. Like that's. <laughs> The marketing campaign should be less keep it real and more keep it pretty vague and still somewhat suspicious, to be honest. But the celebrity part comes in because they are getting Nelly, Anita, and Little Huddy, and they are na- naming them after. You don't know Little Huddy? Uh, I, I, I don't know who the the Anita or Little Huddy is. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Who Little Huddy? I don't know. Who is this guy? <laughs> Chase Hudson? Yeah. So What is he? The idea is that they are using their real names. So the Nelly meal is called the Cornell Haynes Jr. meal. And like the idea the, is... A, the a, accused sexual assaulter? It's really a strange... Why, they, why is Nelly in a fucking... In anything right now? Right. It's... Are people... Okay. I Okay, cool. Yeah. Our writer, Jam, was digging in a little bit to like kind of the corporate thinking behind all these celebrity tie-in meals and it's purely to hawk the mobile apps so Ah. i i didn't uh investigate any of the mcdonald's celebrity meals enough to like realize this but you could get the j balvin meal but you could get the mcflurry for free uh but only if you use the app uh the travis Mm. scott meal was at one point only available through the app and the uh keep it real meals are uh as the celebrities mentioned the commercial only six dollars that forwarded through the app by someone with an account so okay, wow like all those guidelines like you order it through the app and it has to be your account we will check the account if you get there otherwise we will throw away your cornell haynes jr waste <laughs> first of all it cuts out third-party apps that you know, mm. food delivery services. There, uh, there we go. Yeah, that's Cut them out. 
Let's go direct. I, I see. Which will I see. improve profitability. Uh, also leads to uh, they found an increase in customer visits and spending rises by about twenty percent. Wow. When technology is used to place an order. Um, you know, I'm I'm the one food app I have is Wingstop. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that's just how I get down. It's quicker and that's just it, it's pretty efficient. But I I definitely fall victim to ordering. In, in many instances, through an app versus approaching a counter and telling a human being what I'm ordering. Yeah. Like, there's something about, there's like this shit where it's like you're ordering something in an app and you're like, that's all you're going to get? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Like, you're just going to get that little meal? Like, you could add another thing for mm. a couple cents or whatever. I'm like, yeah, actually, yeah, maybe I will do this option and augment my order somehow versus like if I ever went to like McDonald's, I'm just like, yo, give me my breakfast sandwich. I'm out. Yeah, right. But now I'm like, I guess I need three more hash browns. It gives you like the ability to like go at your own pace. You know, there's no nervousness of human interaction, so they can they give you have like a little more time to consider other options. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you have a? Oh, the breakfast is over. Uh, Okay, Uh, I'll just have a cup of water. Uh, Sorry, I gotta go. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm sorry. Versus if you were in an app and it just said no breakfast, you're like, fine, fucking seven cheeseburgers. Anything else? Um, I can't go out empty-handed. The other part of me also doesn't want to. In my mind, like the person working at the restaurant is judging me for just getting something small. That's what I think it is. It's fucked up. That's what I think it is. Is that the judgment? Like because I think there is inherently a assumption of like this is a guilty pleasure like nobody is of the opinion these days that uh, fast food is like a healthy sustainable uh, you know option for uh, feeding yourself but by first of all removing all friction from the ordering process so it's just like another game you're playing on your phone and also like just getting rid of the person who is even if they're uh, serving you with a smile and saying have it your way you're still like this is feels a little weird that mm. i'm clearly by myself and getting two whopper meals um <laughs> yeah no shame on the app right and yeah they're just data collection is yeah the name of the game it's just like i guess like in the hopes that there's like all kinds of tracking stuff built into the app that you're like consenting to essentially yeah and then as well. they, they also are able to collect all sorts of information based on the other things you use. Like they will be able to tell what other musicians you like enough to buy a meal based on right. them claiming like, that that's their meal. Oh, right. Because they're like, we found a huge overlap between McDonald's customers and people who love the chronic 2001. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, Hey man, you want you want to get that Dre meal, and then yeah, the the old millennial in me is like, wait, there's a Dr. Dre meal. Yeah. Oh, okay. That would be well, interesting if we start seeing you know sponsored meals based around celebrities. You'd never like the way that you know Netflix will greenlight these shows that are clearly like based on some Venn diagram in a Netflix executive's <laughs> office. Like the the ranch, right. I think, was the yes. best example of that. The uh, two and a half men meets like George W. Bush. <laughs> like uh, that's perfect. Mm, perfect. <laughs> Locks right in. Have any? Do any of you have food apps? Like even the, for a LARF? Like delivery I, apps or the like a specific? Like, no, like a one specific. I got Taco Time, but you guys might not know what Taco Time is. No, it's Taco Time. Taco Time's it's like always Taco Time. 
a really nice uh, chain restaurant fast food that's only I think in Washington and maybe Oregon and they're okay. you know they pay $15 an hour there's like pretty nice benefits for their employees it's kind of a nice fast food place I think and they use like local ingredients and all that stuff. and it's good mm. it's really good fresh American Mexican food so you know it's <laughs> it's uh it's kind of like uh Taco Bell but a little bit nicer so I use oh. their app and I love them I don't know. Wait, so how do you how do you use an app? Like is it I just order and then I pick it up so I just can like walk in and grab my bag of food. That's what no I like. No judgment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I feel like, like excuse kill. me, excuse me, you left your other bags. <laughs> that's and not like, mine. oh, that's for someone else. No way. Who would who would order that much? I, I, I gotta get out of here. Come back in with a different hat on. Yeah. Fake mustache. You're like you're Chelsea from earlier, right? Yeah, yeah. Here, just load up this wheelbarrow. I gotta go. Just don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. Just turn around. Oh, it really does. It looks like yeah, like if Taco Bell grew up in a two-parent household, oh. it would have become taco time. It's really well-adjusted fast food. Today. Yeah, like when I look at it, like the food makes me like, oh, wow, like y'all talked at dinners, huh? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool. That's yeah. really nice. Taco time. I hope you had I hope you had a good time with your parents. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're in Taco Bell living boss. It's like some true. fucking miscreants. Oh, man. That's amazing. Food apps. Let us know the best ones. I know... Because Loftus is all in on that Duncan one. I like that we're doing a story about how they're like just mining us for data. And we're like, hey, let us know the best ones, though. Uh, let us know, though. What's come cool, on, though? Which, on. one's the, which one has like the best? What works the best? Yeah. I'm seeing um, that there was a, a Miley Cyrus burrito. There was. Chipotle. I didn't. I never heard about that, which feels shocking. It That yeah, one what, what is in that. I forget what was in it. It was also weird because they acted like it was a organic conversation struck up <laughs> between Chipotle and Miley Cyrus. They shared a short video of someone holding up a wrapped burrito with the name Miley, along with the words, if Miley Cyrus comments, we'll make a Miley burrito in our app. And then Miley Cyrus commented, only if you name it, the guac is extra, but so is Miley burrito. Uh, oh and they were like, "Oh, she she commented. That's so wild! What an organic, uh, unplanned moment." Um, now we yeah, have the a Miley just tried last night on the deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's embarrassing. <laughs> the Miley burrito is really good, though, guys. Uh, all right. Well, that is going to do it, Chelsea. As always, such a pleasure having so you nice. on the Thank show you guys uh where can people find you and follow you uh let's see twitter is at amer hysteria and instagram is at american hysteria podcast yeah yeah and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying yeah i got one for you it's from at ashanti that's u-h-s-h-a-n-t-i and it is Carry yourself with the confidence. Carry yourself with the confidence of Elizabeth Holmes at Burning Man, <laughs> which you know is its own conversation. Yeah. But I'm of course obsessed with the uh, Theranos trial <laughs> and uh, the fact that she went to Burning Man with and had a baby with some dude, and it's just oh, really? fantastic. Oh yeah, she she went oh. to Burning Man. She's got some new like young horrible boyfriend and they there's just pictures of them from burning man where they're just having like the greatest possible time and it's just you know 
there's no trial in Elizabeth Holmes' mind. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray G R A Y, and the other podcast. It's about 90 Day Fiance, but it's called 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra and I. It's just all 90 day the whole time. A tweet I like is from Hannah Lynn at Han Franny. Uh, she tweeted, I have read this sentence 40 times in a row. And it is a quote tweet from AL.com. And it's a picture of a man kissing uh, an opossum. And it says, bear with me now because this is a very dense sentence. It says, one of the most sought boudoir photographers in the southeast and champion barrel racer matt matthews is fighting back after he says state officials swarmed his property and took his opossum wow wow i did not know i would be experiencing that entire combination of words that was a feature uh, film just, in that one sentence. yeah dude you're like what kind of who what's your friend group like you're like i'm a boudoir photographer i'm also a champion barrel racer I got my pet opossum, and I got rights. Tweet I've been enjoying. Sean Clements tweeted when someone says they're their own harshest critic. I think, oh, good, they don't know what I said about them. Uh, and Caleb and NYC <laughs> tweeted, probably going to have to do more shit tomorrow. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> just a great uh, beginning of the week thought. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist. On Instagram, we have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are we sending them to today? This is called Polvo by Mr. Twin Sister. Uh, Mr. Twin Sister, like very dope, you know, Latin vibe. They've just got... There's like really eclectic production on it, and it sounds like a fever dream. Like you know, like someone put acid in your taco time. <laughs> and yeah, it's just it's just a, a generally dope track, and all their music's super super cool. So this is Polvo by Mr. Twin Sister. All right, well the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts, iHeartRadio visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending. We'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.